1: The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hoop Ballers. Welcome back to another episode, another edition of today. In sports betting, I am your host, Devin Ellington, or a D-A-L-E-007 on Twitter. You can find the rest of the team, and as well as lots of other programming news and notes on Twitter as well, at Hoopball Gaming. It's the mothership of all your betting favorites, us over here, the whole roster. And then of course, hoop-ball.com, the website is what makes all of this possible, this free podcast for you. We've got tons of free content over on the website that you should definitely take advantage of. You know, I always operate in a certain way when I attend events or go to parties, you know, going all the way back to childhood birthday parties. Show up for the cookies and the sweets and the free stuff that's on the table and Stay for the festivities if you want, you know, always show up for the freebies. That's the best thing I know about life so far. So come and check the free content out. Make sure we're going to be a good fit for you. Then we'd love to see you join up and come and be a part of the family. Get into the discord channels with us and start talking about how to make more money and win more picks as well as tons of fantasy basketball news up to the minute transactions being discussed and flung around. We have team coverages specifically for just about every NBA team. Brews top 150 for the fantasy basketball season. It's, it's getting hot and heavy. So uh, now is the time to go ahead and jump in. We've got a great loyalty membership program. So it's you essentially just get to craft what you want and what you need for your uh, paid service, you know, if, if you want to go that route. But for example, on the free side, and you know, new listeners, welcome in. Thank you, by the way. Old listeners, hello, hello, come in, wipe your feet. Uh, If you haven't done the whole five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that'd be great. Uh, We haven't talked about that in a long time, so nonchalantly, gonna say that you should do that. Um, Back to free stuff, and then talk about our guy Joe Campese. He's at Joseph Capital B X T. Lowercase, R-A-D-E-R on Twitter. So it's at Joseph BX Trader, essentially. But the BXT is capitalized. He's going for his fifth pick in a row on the free pick article. And uh, he hit four strikeout props in a row. And our free play works where the team members, our guys, will go until they miss. And uh, it's rotisserie style. We have like a batting order set up. So Joe is carrying the team right now. So we are on hopefully a five-pack winner at the end of the day. He's switching gears to college football. He's going to be playing on the Western Kentucky game, UT Martin, the Skyhawks. Man, tonight we got a decent slate of college football games, and Joe's going to get it started off right, I feel. I think this is a good one, and I've got a lot of faith in my fella. So check the rest of the team out. Make sure to go to the website. Just fresh up on some NBA transactions you might have not been aware of. A lot of cuts and signs and all that good stuff going on with veteran minimums. You know, lots of guys being moved around in the league right now. Uh, rehabs from injuries, stuff like that. So if you're thinking about getting into fantasy basketball this year, also we got fantasy football covered. Uh, AG at Talking Sunday on Twitter, he is taking care of all that, which If you're playing fantasy football, you're essentially making prop bets every week. So you might as well just double dip your knowledge. And uh, instead of waiting at the end of the season to see if you win your fantasy league, just like start getting, you know, some weekly cash built up uh, on those prop bets that you're essentially already rolling out there when you set your lineups. You know, you're not always going to hit like, you know, you don't always have a great, great fantasy football week. But for the most part, if you're savvy, and you've got great content around you, I think you're going to do just fine. I'm looking forward to the fantasy seasons. The more I get ingrained here at the hoop ball stuff and at the helm of this gaming division, it's really helped me kind of characterize my talents a little more. Enough about me, more about college football, because that's what this podcast is going to be about today. That's what we are talking about. Really waiting to see... What's going to happen in a couple of games? There has been some crazy ass line movement on so many of these games. We're going to talk about a few of them. We talked about some of them yesterday in my brushing, but today's going to be more of the turbo tally site Thursday, where I, uh, and I haven't done this in a while, but I'm pretty much just going to run through everything that I've got looked at on tally site. I think I've got about 50 picks submitted for right now. I haven't even gotten into the meat and the hunk of college football Saturday. But I'm going to go through and we're going to talk about what I think is going to happen. I want to focus on Thursday. I want to touch on Friday. I'm obviously going to touch on some Saturday. We might throw some NFL week one discussion in also. I'm going to have to be ultra fast and I'm going to have to try to avoid doing my stupid hyperbole spills on like deep dives and trying to be clever with team aspects and all that good stuff. So I need to be straight into the point today. So.
0: Dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator
1: this phenomenal matchup of the New Hampshire Wildcats taking on the Stony Brook Seawolves. Hey, if this was a basketball game, I'd probably be on Stony Brook, especially being at home. But uh, New Hampshire, very, very talented. And look, the Damp Brothers, uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Network, shout out to uh, the Colby D, uh, great, great college football analyst, phenomenally talented. That group over there, They're going to be my, you know, no offense to anyone else out there, but these guys are so good at college football picks. Uh, They've been doing it for a long time and really good friends of the show. I've been on their show. They've been on ours. And uh, look, I'm pretty much just riding them on this New Hampshire thing. You know, I've done, I I know a little bit about New Hampshire, but like, come on, like, I'm not going to try to sell you and saying like I'm a New Hampshire maestro. I know like when I looked at the lines, I, originally leaned. Yeah. New Hampshire's got that. You know, I was worried they were going on the road and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, the spring season kind of how that all played out for these smaller schools and the division twos and all of that. So long story short, New Hampshire gets it down on the road. They're a minus one and a half point favorite. So temple. And this line is confusing me. We're going to talk about this game a little bit more. This will be one that I take a little tangentized break into, and it's because I really like this Temple team. I do. Uh, they are returning some very interesting pieces. Um, they, I think, are being really disrespected. And when this line opened at 12 and a half against Rutgers, I was okay with taking that. But it's come all the way up to plus 15 and it's still getting the shade of minus 117. Temple plus 525 on the money line. Look, Rutgers is not, they're in the second year of Greg Shiano's return, but like, I mean, they got a talented secondary and I'm trying to avoid doing like a crazy player by player breakdown here, but just off the top of my head here, you know, Temple. They've got two power five running back transfers that they brought in this last season. Their running back group is going to be extremely deep. They have a top 50 rated uh, quarterback. According to Phil still, he makes hit their top 50 in their backfield alone this year. Temple's got Dewan Mathis, the redshirt freshman QB Phil stills number 12 quarterback. And he was a Georgia transfer. Uh, he played at Georgia originally and then you've got Iverson Clement, a sophomore running back, Phil Stills, number 17 guy. And then you've got a, uh, and that, that guy was a sec transfer from Florida. He was in for the spring. Both those guys were, so they were able to get more inundation. <clears throat> Excuse me. The frogs are jumping in today. You know, they've got all sorts of second and first team talent throughout the playmaker and receivers area. Um, this running back group, though, I mean, they returned a lot of guys. And then you look at the receiving court. They lost a tight end from last year that they really enjoyed having. But they're getting a Purdue transfer and Ahmad Anderson in for another pass catcher. He's a Phil Still top 100 guy. And look, I know, I'm referencing Phil Still right now. So if you have your opinions, or if you have your content, your publication, like everyone's got their material. Phil still has been doing it for, I think this is his twenty sixth, twenty seventh season, almost longer than what I've been alive. So, and he's got a track record. So I combine his, you know, Bible, if you will, my Bible uh, with other stuff in the off season to get up to date and all that good stuff. Following beat writers on Twitter is very, very huge. Shout out to UAB last night. That defense looks phenomenal. Still Jacksonville state tried. They sure did. And we went one and two on the wager pass for minus 0.7 units. So I had a uh, half unit play on the first half spread for Jacksonville state. They were catching nine and a half. <laughs> God bless them. They were down 7-0 with like two minutes left in the first half, they ended up turning the ball over like right in the middle. It was like a weird bounce or something, uh, in the middle of the field. And then of course, uh, you know, UAB, the Blazers, went ahead and picked up, like, 15, 16 yards, and they got a phenomenal kicker, who, so he was able to bury a 48-yard field. It was a long one. It was, like, 45-plus. So they went up 10-0 with, like, 40 seconds. Jacksonville State just um, chose to run the ball and drain the clock out for the first half. So Jacksonville State plus 9.5 lost by the hook. We definitely cashed under on the total. Believe it; we had 52 in the wager pass. And uh, UAB, though, they rolled Uh, 30. I think it was was 35-0. I I think they blanked them. So they definitely covered. Uh, We were also on Jacksonville State plus 17. They were in there until like the very end of the third quarter. And if they would have put some points up in the first uh, half, we would have been good. We'd have been 2-1 at worst. So, okay. On the defensive line, they added in four transfers, which is really huge. Um, but, you know, they're trying to rebuild after losing all uh, AAC defensive player of the year on their line from, you know, a couple of years past, trying to replace him. They lost a the second team AAC defensive end, Aaron Ebequete, um, losing some guys in the middle. But I think that they're going to be able to retrace their talent. They got a number 46 ranked defensive lineman in Zach Gill and look for him to make an impact. Uh, They had the worst rushing totals allowed since 2006 last year, so definite vast improvements to come. And look, this is a team that by the – what was it? Um, Well, they weren't even allowed to scrimmage last year until October. They had a skeleton team. They only had 45 scholarship players on the roster last year. When they did play and just went one and six, but they were plus 70.3 yards per game in the first three games, and then in the last four, they went minus 201 yards per game uh, in the difference, so that's pretty bad. They have 14 returning starters, and I think there's a lot of uptick very, very possible. Um, In recent years past, they've had the top linebacking core in the AAC. They could return back to that glory this year. William Quincao is going to be very steadying for this defense. He's going to be someone that can probably end up being their number one tackler. Special teams is only up from here. They've been at 104th and 106th the last two years. But anyways, I like Temple. I like Temple. And I spent a lot of time on that, but I wanted to talk about some of the Temple stuff. And um, I'm actually going to be writing that one up. I don't know which way, like how. I know I like the total a certain way. You know, I definitely got to say I might sprinkle that Temple money line. Uh, Rutgers just doesn't do it for me. The quarterback situation's a little mess, messy. I don't believe in Greg Schiano. Um, I think he got really, really lucky with having great players around, or you know, for him uh, in his first tenure. You know, Ray Rice, but you know, we all know what happened with that fella. Uh, you know, so it is what it is. Uh, I like Temple, and look, this is not a true road game for Temple. This is actually an old Big Ten rivalry. And Temple's only going to be about 50 miles, 65 miles away from their home stadium in Philly. So they're going to travel well. And I would not be shocked to see Temple up by halftime. This is going to be a grimy, grind it out kind of game. Both these defenses are pretty nasty. I give Rutgers credit for that but also you've you've got some hog mollies you got some really good lines you got some really good front sevens kind of like what we saw last night in Jacksonville state uab i mean i think the talent is going to be too budding and the head to head collision is going to be very even of course i got florida international beating the long island university sharks i do love the sharks they're fun to bet with in the basketball season but this is football that we're talking about i'm uh, going to go ahead and take them on the money line uh, it's just safe ish Safe. Florida International did lose to Jacksonville State this spring season, um, but I, I'm pretty high on them. I'm high on the Conference USA in general. Boise State, UCF, probably the game of the night in my opinion. Actually, no, I really like the UNLV Eastern Washington game. That's my game of the night. But uh, Boise State, UCF. Look, Gus Malzahn, I and shout out again to the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I was listening to the college football experience, you know, and they were talking about how Gus Malzahn, which he's in his first year here um, for the uh, for the Knights, and he uh, he kind of downgrades and worsens quarterbacks. Look what he uh, did with a couple of the transfers that went elsewhere um, after the Cam Newton situation. You know, it just he he's got to have the right pieces in play for him to be very very successful with that. You know, comp complex offensive system i think it would behoove him and the whole team if they just kind of left some of it out boise state though they got okay so both teams are featuring first year head coaches and if you missed my college football random team preview i did one on boise state in the off season and i had bj rains on the beat writer and uh idaho press writer on the show to talk about this upcoming season. Look, this team is going to be pretty good. I think they challenge, and I think they may make a flag plant for the group of five team uh, this year to maybe get into the playoff uh, or New York six representative. But their defense, I don't think is going to get talked about a lot. Um, There's still a little bit of weirdness going on in the quarterback room. Is Hank Bachmeyer really the guy? We saw other guys for them get starts last year. Um, and there's been a lot of buzz around the camp. You know, the development of both teams has been really uh unique in the first year of these coaches. And you look at what Boise State has to offer. Um, I mean, they like I talked about the quarterbacks. We got two top 20 Phil Steel Rated guys in there. The special team coach, Casey or Stacey Collins. Uh, you know, he's phenomenal as a coordinator. He's had uh ranks of His Well, in 2016 was his first year, so he had garbage. But that was 116th, and then he boosted his teams up to 8th, ninth, fell back to 50th, and then in 2020, 16th last year. So don't be shocked if Boise State special teams comes out and they're a lot more pristine and better coached than what UCF is. And uh, four of five on the offensive line um, return. They got lots of seniors and a lot of experience. Helani in the backfield. Wide receivers are full of upperclassmen. And, uh, you know, I really like what this Boise State team is about. They're the underdog. They are getting a new mantra from their offensive coordinator, Tim Plow, who came from UC Davis, which had been putting up gaudy offensive numbers for the, uh, I believe uh, UC Davis is FCS. But they got this mantra and it's called uh half a hundred. They want to hang half a hundred on everyone. They play. They could hang half a hundred on UCF because this defense has a lot to prove. They don't return too too much. And even if they do last year, you know, it was really weird, but they don't return that much from 2019. If I recall correctly. And even if they did that, look, the defense hasn't really been there uh, in Orlando for the night. So, I like what's in place. I know Andy Avalos is a first-year head coach, but he played here. He was a coordinator and a coach here before going to other Power 5 jobs and coming back. He's had successful stops everywhere he went. His Oregon defensive teams were great. Uh, So I really, really like what Boise State has to offer as the underdog tonight. They're plus 173 on the money line. They're plus 5.5 on the spread. I got to go ahead and take a shot on that on both of those Under 66-and-a-half, I would maybe lean on because I don't believe in Dylan Gabriel. New system, new coach, maybe not a completely new system. It's still going to be crazy uh, Josh Heupel, UCF-like with Gus Malzahn being as offensive-minded as he is. But I think that UCF has a lot more wrinkles to get ironed out before Boise State uh, makes a fool of themselves. So Western Illinois, the Leathernecks, Ball State, uh, like ball state like and a lot of this stuff's gonna be crazy juice but I'm not taking these as betting so to say nuggets right now I'm not telling you go take a 500 to one bet and play that on the money line I'm doing this because tally Sight literally tracks everything for me and I want to see how I fare on head-to-head you know so it's that's more or less what tally site Thursdays are about if you're not familiar with tally Sight, go to TallySite.com. check them out all sorts of sports writers and analysts. Um, they're an affiliate of our wonderful website and our show. So they, uh, pretty much just put these databases together for all sorts of analysts. Like last year, there was a uh, 184 total college football analysts, uh, David Pollack from ESPN, the CBS guys, uh, the locked on podcast network, uh, fifth quarter Inc, you know, all just huge, huge groups, barstools on there. You know, I'm not their biggest fan, but, uh, they're big. Um, so, Buffalo over Wagner, yeah, but you know what? I'm going to take the 43-and-a-half. 67% of the folks on tally side are doing it, so there's some really sharp folks on here that I compete with. I'm going to have Buffalo winning, but 43-and-a-half. Buffalo lost a lot with Leopold leaving and all those transfers going with him to Kansas. I could see the under in play here, so let me just go ahead and try to swing for a trifecta on a weird, random-ass game. Wagner and Buffalo, hmm the Citadel, Coastal Carolina, the Teal Cox, the Shanta Clears, my favorite college football team. I actually, on Tally Site last year, finished as the number one Co- Coastal Carolina analyst out of 100. And I think it was 83 is what I said earlier. But yes, I was the number one college football analyst on Tally Site for Coastal Carolina games last year. I love Coastal Carolina. They are great. The. Sunbelt's going to be crazy this year. They're playing the Citadel. You know, like, come on. Uh, Coastal Carolina's defense is just, uh, they're intact and they're scary. If you can find you a first half line, I haven't seen anything open up yet. These lines are always going to be really weird and seclusive or uh, exclusive, like secluded, like really just secretive. You know, these games with high end teams going against, you know, like the Citadels and the Western Illinois's, is, it's going to be hard to find like your pinpointed lines. Now, if you go into a sports book, a casino, like sure, they're going to have like everything, but for the folks trying to gain access out of state or whatever, mobile, it's going to, you know, you're going to see that finding a um, first half team total for Citadel or Coastal Carolina first half spread is going to be closer to the closing bell than the other stuff. You know, they're not going to release it for a full day and a half in advance. So that kind of you know, just wanted to point that out because I've been looking for some first half lines because I, I, I don't want the starters to get pulled and have it on the full game, but I think Coastal Carolina is good enough to win by 35. Hell, they could win 35-0. Like, I could see that exact score. Delaware, the fighting Blue Hens, the cousins of the Chanticleers. Coastal Carolina and Delaware, they honestly, man, they kind of share some of the same color scheme too. So, Tealcocks, Blue Hens. I don't know what's a better pairing. Um, That just sounds pretty perfect to me. Delaware, minus 250 on the money line. Like I said, it's juicy, but they're going against the Maine Black Bears. This is a road game, but they are just under that key number of seven. Six and a half point favorite for Delaware. I'm going to go ahead and roll with Delaware, the Blue Hens. They are a FCS playoff juggernaut. Incarnate Word, Youngstown State. I'm skipping that. South Florida, NC State. Look, both of these offense have a lot to figure out. NC State's quarterback situation is still a bit in flux. I need to do a bit more deep dive and reading on this. It's on my tasks, my goals, and my reminders for today. I will have a write up on this game. I think I will be playing something on the total. Uh, South Florida, they got, uh, they might as well be an FCS team. That's all I'm going to say on that. UC Davis and Tulsa, this is going to be a very interesting game. And I'm going to cop out and just say that I'm taking Tulsa to win outright. 23.5 is the spread. UC Davis, I talked about some of their former coaching. like They have some things in play here. And UC Davis plus 23.5 is getting the minus 113 shade. So I think UC Davis might be able to do enough to hang with Tulsa, maybe get a backdoor cover late. But this is a very offensive, schemey team and they are pretty smart. So East Carolina, Appalachian State, I honestly do not know how to feel on the spread. Eastern Carolina, I would maybe look to support the plus 10. Anything under 10, I would maybe want to roll with Appalachian State, but I don't think we're going to get back down to the value that we need to play the Mountaineers. East Carolina has played Appalachian State really well over the last couple years, so that, you know, The amount that they return, also, you know, East Carolina is going to have an upgrade at the quarterback position uh, this year with less turnovers. And I don't have a total play, you know, it's at uh, 56, I'm sorry. Over is getting shade of minus 112. Look, Appalachian State, money line, I'm just going to play it safe and I'm going to try to get me a head to head result here. So that's how I'm rolling that out. Utah's beaten Weber State, Weber State, it gets pronounced differently every time I hear it. Um, you know a game I couldn't decide on but I want to talk about and just highlight that it's a pretty cool looking matchup Houston Baptist New Mexico you know Houston Baptist is gutted they had I think seven offensive players transfer out all going to Western Kentucky I don't mean all of them but like it I think it was like four or five because they got Bailey Zappa the, the uh, phenomenal quarterback uh, who has a great great completion percentage and stat line against FBS teams while he was at Houston Baptist, they got their top like three receivers, I think. And then their offensive coordinator all went to Western Kentucky. So New Mexico, as terrible as they are, they are the division one FBS team for a reason under sixty six makes a lot of sense to me because New Mexico's offense is terrible, which is why I think Houston Baptist could hang. But I don't know how their two deep system was. I don't know who that they're pushing through uh, now that those baby teeth are gone. You know, the I don't know what's replacing Bailey Zepa and all those transfers and the offensive coordinator. You know, that's pretty huge. So I would lean under sixty six here. Um, Houston Baptist is usually known for offense, but New Mexico is uh, dog poop. Like they're pretty bad. Bowling Green, I'm going to go and take the 35 points. I'm going to hold my nose. I'm going to take plus 35. I know they're terrible. But look, they're another year in on their coach. Um, They're not in the worst place you could be. That's for sure. Uh, I say this, but I also say that they probably will end the year as one of the worst college football teams um, on the season. Tennessee, though, they're working in a new coach, Josh Heupel, new hire. They're working in new quarterback stuff. They went with a guy that probably shouldn't have win, probably shouldn't have won the uh starting gig. And so, you know, they they got that going for them and they're trying to figure that stuff out. Uh Scott Lowfler, third year here, you know, third year for coaches and new tenures, that's usually their turnaround, like make it or break it year. Um they got seven defensive starters back, so more than on the offensive side. A team that I haven't really done a deep dive on this year. I mean, they're they're just – it's Bowling Green. Like, what do you expect? Uh, Tennessee, they tend to just put up clunkers. Remember what happened against Georgia State a couple years ago, losing outright at home. So, uh, you know, not really looking to t- trust Tennessee here. Western Kentucky, of course, they're going to beat UT Martin. And that line has been so crazy. It opened at uh, minus 13 and a half. It's at 22 now. And that was in the matter of a day, day and a half, that movement. Um, even last night when we were looking to finalize the free play article for today, I was talking to Joe off air. Uh, and we were, talk- like, we were talking about it when it was at 18, 19, but he had a write up from Monday that he sent to me and it was our, he already, he had it. So he took the juice at minus minus one twenty. That's what he had to get it at, but minus 16 and a half for Western Kentucky. And we were just trying to figure out how in the hell did they open it that way? UT Martin, I, I, you know, look, they're FCS, but Western Kentucky with that new offense, I think, I know they got a lot to work in with those transfers and stuff, but they had a full off season. The coach returns, the head coach, they just upgrade tremendously on the offensive side, and they already have an all-conference-style defense. They could have maybe an all-American guy candidate in there um, on that defensive side. So, Western Kentucky, I would say up to minus 24. That would probably be my cutoff. Um, so, yeah, Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers. Ohio State, Minnesota, give me the Gophers that are golden. I'm going to roll with plus 14. I think it's too much. Ohio state working that new quarterback in, um, Minnesota, they are very good about keeping the ball out of their opponent's hands. They got, uh, Muhammad Ibrahim or Abraham Ibrahim. Oh, I can never get his name right. I'm terrible right now. So I apologize. Ibrahim is his last name, but their power back, their power back. Um, Anyways, they are very physical. He's going to be a Heisman dart course, kind of dart throw. Uh, He's going to be in consideration, and he's in the preseason, like top seven for the Heisman. Uh, Under 63.5 makes a lot of sense to me. I think this is going to be a struggle. Um, I think these defenses are probably going to have a little bit more success than the offenses, especially early. Sam Houston State. Sam Houston State. You're going to be taking them. You're going to take the spread against Northern Arizona, the Lumberjacks. Sam Houston State, look, this is the defending FCS champ here. Minus 350 on the money line on tally site. Um, and then we got, like I said, minus nine. So a key number there. Here we go. Eastern Washington. I love this game. Eastern Washington. You And this is one that opened at plus eight and a half. And then it went to a pick, and then it went back up. It's at three and a half now. Eastern Washington should probably just be favored. UNLV's terrible. They are. Uh, I got to do a deep dive on UNLV, UNLV, the Rebels. Uh, Eastern Washington, though, I mean, this is a school that produced Cooper Cup. They have offensive potential every year. They've got a coaching uh, staff in place. This is a consistent FCS program. Uh, very, very talented. And they have a tradition. Um, they got culture in place. And UNLV does not, even though they're the FBS team. Eastern Washington plus 127 is what's being offered on Tally Site right now. I'm taking that. I'm taking the points. I think they went out right. And I thought that even when it was at eight and a half, when I saw that they were getting eight points, nine points, I was like, no way. Because they win the game, you know, was my thinking. So. Arizona State beats the Thunderbirds of Southern Utah battle in the desert. I'm going to take Voltech plus six. They're at home in Blattsburg. I love Sam Howe. I love UNC. I don't like betting. I, I'm actually, this might be an opportunity for you to fade me. I did pretty poorly on UNC plays last year. Uh, I trusted them a lot in spots I shouldn't have, and then I didn't trust them in spots that I should have. So I six points to me is a lot. I could see it being a four-point game. Virginia Tech at home, like I said, this is going to be the first time that those fans are going to be ripping and roaring. And Blacksburg with Sandstorm playing, and, you know, we all know about it uh, from the Beamer days, but I think that this is going to still be a tough, tough challenge. And Virginia Tech, I uh, think they can keep it close. Wake Forest minus 31 and a half against Old Dominion. Old Dominion didn't play football last year. Um, so. We're going to roll with Wake Forest <laughs> because we saw what not playing football for almost two years did to UConn. So at first I wanted to, you know, I was thinking about taking the 31 and a half because it was a big, big number, but Wake Forest is all gas, all offense. Um, Old Dominion. I think they're just going to get in their way, their own way. Duke. I was originally on Charlotte. I wanted to roll Charlotte on this, but I looked into it a little deeper excuse me, listen to a couple more things. It's under seven. It's at six and a half. Duke going on the road, so to say. It's in Charlotte. Um, This is a battle of uh, some in-state stuff. So Duke, Charlotte, uh, Dave Cutcliffe, he just handles small schools really, really well. Last year, these two teams played, and I know it was a COVID year, but it was a 34-35-0 disadvantage to Charlotte. I don't know how we get from 30 points down to six and a half. Duke, they had a pretty bad quarterback last year as their starter in uh, Chase Bryce, and he transferred out. He turned the ball over every other time he got the ball, so look for Duke to maybe handle, handle themselves here. I got Duke and them covering by that touchdown. South Dakota, the Coyotes. They are going up against the Kansas Jayhawks and Lawrence. Lance Leopold's going to be making his debut. He's flashing out the Jayhawks slash Buffalo's look. He's got half of a roster from B- Buffalo that he brought over. Under 54. Uh, South Dakota likes to run the ball. Kansas, very inefficient offense. Going to be working in a ton of stuff. And then South Dakota, plus 14 and a half, I think looks really, really, really good. It's getting minus 115 juice. Man, all right. That was actually a Friday game. So let me stop there. I forgot I just got into the Friday games. I was just going, just going. Saturday, um, you know, I don't think I want to, I'm going to save some for, yeah, I'm going to save the Saturday stuff. Got a couple ones that I'm going to be looking at right away. Um, there's no way Oregon should be given Fresno state that many points, 20 and a half. I've highlighted that game already a little bit. Um, I'm just really, really into, uh, this Fresno state team right now. I don't think enough people are going to be talking about their defense and I know they did it against who they did in week zero. Um, was it Yukon that they played? Week Fresno. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, that's, that's who it was. Um, yeah. in you, I'm sure. Like, sure I get it, but, um, with how underrated that defense is and how talented their offense has proven to be over the last three years, what they've been building towards look for Fresno state to keep it under 20. That's for sure. A couple touchdowns. I mean, if I'm getting a couple touchdowns from Fresno for Fresno state, I'm into it. So let's, uh, transition here i'm going to talk briefly real briefly about some uh nfl we'll do some nfl i need to wrap this up get it out to you i was gonna look at some week okay yeah no never mind tally site doesn't have the week one stuff in there yet obviously all the roster stuff still being finalized all right so we'll wrap the show there that's good though i mean that's we got some Thursday, Friday, Saturday talks, got some lines and previews, got some stuff to look for tonight. We're going to be rooting for Eastern Washington. Um, tonight's going to be a good, good, good night. Temple, let's go owls. Ooh, ooh, yeah. So let's get some owl action and uh, Temple and Eastern Washington are going to be our uh, sugar babies tonight. Sugar mamas, all ah, right, sweetness. I don't, I, I don't know. Now I'm saying weird stuff. Uh, Good time for me to end the show. All right. As always, I send you my positive vibes and all my positive energies. I hope that you have a great, kind, and safe day. I hope that you're able to help someone and be kind or nice if you can. And if you need something positive to happen for you, I hope that that does happen for you, and I'm sure that it will. With that being said, today in sports betting is out.